I greet all of you with Jesus' joy and, and Jesus' love. And if you're visiting with us this morning, we're happy to have you. Welcome. <laughs> when we do um, praise and worship songs, sometimes we, we say crazy things, you know. So in the first worship song, we talk about <laughs> even, if lead, even if it leads us into the fire, right? And I was like, what? What are we saying here, you know? Do we know what we are saying? Do we know what we are singing when we when we, we lift these praises up to God? And one of my favorite praise and worship songs is uh, Spirit Breakout. Our Father, all of heaven roars your name. Sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. And we say, spirit, break out, break our walls down. Heaven, come down. We want to see your kingdom here. You know that song? You like that song? That's a good song. It's a good praise and worship song. I like that song. But what if I told you that singing songs like those are risky? That they are subversive? that they are counter-cultural, that they are counter to our will, that they are actually out of our control. When we say, when we sing that, when we ask for that, what are we asking God for? And do we really mean it? Because the truth is, when we want to know what God's will is for us and for the world and for his church, it has been enacted in Jesus's life and none of us, we are not trying to repeat that or we'll be heading to Calvary. And the story of how God does this is what we refer to as the gospel. The story of how God did the thing that God promised to do through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And the truth is that this story, this gospel story, it is real, it is disturbing, and it has a very compelling anger. And today I want to introduce you to our sermon series, The Gospel, The King, His Kingdom, and His Kids. And we're going to begin with the king. When Jesus came to earth, something unique was about to happen. It, it, it would have made the news in today's time. It, it would have erupted all over Twitter. The gospel of the kingdom. Israel, God, taking his power and his reign upon the earth. And when he did that, everything, the power of darkness would be overcome. God had become king on the earth. That's what we sing about. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That is what we pray about. What does it mean? The rule and reign of God on the earth. It is what we call a theocracy. What does it look like when God becomes king? How did he establish his kingship and his kingdom? And that is what the Bible, all of it, especially the four Gospels talk about. God has become king on the earth. And although many waited for the Messiah to come, 
No one expected it to be how it became when he came. And no one wanted a king on the earth either. We don't like people to rule over us. We do not. Ask Herod and ask Caesar and ask humanity. No one expected Christ to come the way he did. The gospel that we have, it is rich and it is rare. And it is a radical redefinition of power itself. The rulers of the earth get what they want by bullying people and tyrannizing them. That is what Jesus said. And when he came, he said, but we are going to do it another way. That is not my way. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The kingdom of God would come through the old conquering power of self-giving love. And that is how God became king on the earth. And today I want to preach a sermon that would lift up the greatness and the grandeur of our great savior our king, the king of heaven and of earth. A fitting reverence and response can be found in the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Philippi in the second chapter, beginning at verse five. Here is the word of God. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature did not consider equality with God something to be used by his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And the word of God goes on to say, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name and that at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And today I want us to talk about wonderful, full of wonder. This Paul, a massive intellect, a great mind with a blazing heart caught a glimpse of the secret transaction of the Trinity and he eavesdropped on the strategy of heaven and reported to us that Christ, by right, enjoyed a place of equal honor in the council of eternity. As king, he owned it all. This Jesus knew the prayers of angels and he gave it up to save his kids, 
you and I, who had lost a kingdom that was given to us in the very beginning. God said, have dominion, and we lost it. And he did not have to humble himself and come, but he did. And he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And he exchanged the adulation of heavenly creatures for the duration of earth. And he traded the praises of angels for the curses of man. This is the gospel of the kingdom. This is salvation history in two or three sentences. This is the living heart and the throbbing core of the gospel of how God became king on the earth. That Jesus gave up his hometown in glory and he became a stranger in the earth where he could not even equal the layers of the foxes or the nest of birds. Jesus, in our interest, left a natural home of preeminence and he came here to this low land of sorrow to be marked and to be ridiculed on our behalf, on his kids' behalf. In our interest, he came here in time and he came here death eligible. He came here pain capable for you and for me. And the Apostle Paul, he summed it all up and said he humbled himself. A humbling king, that does not happen anywhere in this world. And then the Apostle Paul says to us that, let this mind be in you and in me. Do we have the mind of Christ? How did God become king on the earth? Through humility. And how difficult we find it to humble ourselves. He who did not need to humble himself, had he who had no need to humble himself did. And we who have every reason to humble ourselves will not. Someone once told my mother that, you know, she said, you know, since your daughter became a Christian, she is quite a humble person. And true to form, my mother said, Serena have lots to be humble about. And because, I, because she, she knows like that, and because I know myself, I, I agree with her. I do have much to be humble about. In the same way, someone once said something unkind about me. And, and my friends called me and they said, you know, this person said something really mean about you. And I said, you know what? She said it because she don't really know me. Because if she really knew me, she would have said something far worse than that. <laughs> and it's the same thing for you and I. We do not like people to talk about it. But what if what they're saying is the truth? And we can humble ourselves enough to say, yeah, there are some things not right with me. All of you. All of us, we have much to be humble about and how difficult we find it to humble ourselves and people look at us and they cannot see the king or his kingdom in his kids, our world. In fact, the church is so much farther along if we would just 
humble ourselves and admit that we do have great prevailing faults. When we look at all of the existing problems in the world, problems of racism and injustice, and they lay coiled like a serpent underneath the very church and throughout history, and we would think that by this time we should have put the threatening ghost to bed. If only we would confess it, humble ourselves and repent about it. And now we are dealing with race and we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with vaccines, we're dealing with immigration, and it all haunts us and it divides us and we are locking the doors of the kingdom in people's faces because we cannot humble ourselves. If we would only for a moment consider what the kingdom of God is all about, and if we will just dig a little bit deeper into our foundational vocation, we would know that we are called to be the new model of life that points people towards God, God's will, God's desire to set things right in the world. And excuse me for a moment, but what is a black church? And what is a white church? And if we are not careful, we will soon find that we have vaccinated groups and unvaccinated groups, and all of it is extremely unbiblical and against God's kingdom. We are not called to shelter inside a look-alike fellowship. It is impoverishing us as kingdom kids. And so Jesus says the kingdom of God has come. God wants to restore all things anew, anew. But sadly, we will never heal the breach until we can humbly recognize the chasm that is separating us. A chasm, a profound difference between people. Difference of viewpoint, difference in our feelings, a major division, a separation. And Jesus sat on high and he recognized this chasm. He said, there is this great divide between the king, his kingdom, and his kids. He saw this divide between the rich and the poor. He sighed between those who were free and those who were oppressed. He sighed between those who lived with enough and those who lived with, with without. He saw a chasm that was widening and separating us from the king. Isn't that the world that we are living today? A great chasm between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated? A great chasm between those who are pro-choice and those who are pro-life. The chasm extended even within Christianity and even within the church. We are divided. All of it against the kingdom of God. And King Jesus came to bridge that gap. And when he left, he said to his kids, now go do your part. Have we done our part? And here is the nitty gritty of the gospel of the kingdom. Can you truly serve? No pretense, no fake, no acting, but can we empty ourselves for somebody else? Jesus, he served fishermen. 
He served prostitutes. He served thieves. He served the sick. The sick. He was raising the dead. He was doing miracles down here among you and I. And in the miracles, he showed that heaven and earth were indeed intermingling. That is what he was showing. The kingdom of God has come. And if people in heaven are healthy, then we on earth must be healthy as well. And so his miracles were showing that the kingdom had indeed come on earth. Creation being renewed. The kingdom kissing earth. Heaven kissing earth. Earth. The kingdom had its origin in heaven, but its destination was always, always, always for earth. Creation renewed. And so he humbled himself. And the apostle Paul says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ, who became obedient even unto death on a cross. How did he become king? Through his sacrifice, the king, in order to bring the kingdom to his kids, made a huge sacrifice. The king of glory did not come to us in a blaze of glory, but he came in a human form, gentle, leading his sheep, loving his sheep so much that he would go to the cross to die for them. The kingdom and the cross held together. There is a price to pay if we are to become more like our king. There is as much suffering as there is joy. Because we are not only called to be kingdom people, we are called to be cross people. We want to see your kingdom here. That is what we say, it is what we pray, but are we ready for it? A sacrifice is costly. And the story is quite scary. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up the cross daily. Every day, every day, take up your cross and follow him. Jesus in calling us to, to work for the kingdom, he calls us to enlist as followers in a battle. And in this battle, it will call for us to suffer. And for some of us, it will call for us to die. Uh-oh. We don't, we don't like that. I, I don't like that. The kingdom is advanced through suffering. And that is what we are trying to work out. That is what we struggle to work out daily. It is a massive challenge for us, especially in comfortable North America. But elsewhere in the world, people have always been suffering for the kingdom of God. God's kingship on earth was through suffering. And maybe you ask like me, well, Jesus, if you have already done all of it, if it is finished, why do I still have to suffer? And he, his answer is simple, because the kingdom is advanced through 
suffering. This is how the kingdom is happening. Kingdom and cross people. Working for God's kingdom through shame and suffering. What is the gospel of the kingdom costing you? Because Jesus said some hard things. Jesus said some things that were difficult to understand. Jesus would call somebody and they would say, you know, Jesus, give me a moment. I, I, I have to tell my mother goodbye. Jesus, I have to bury my father. And Jesus would say, let the dead bury the dead. God places a call in our lives and we say, God, can I wait until the kids have graduated university? God asks you to sell your home and you say, Jesus, are you crazy? Do you even know my spouse? I can't tell them that. And you have to wonder, does, did Jesus even know about family life? Remember that time when Jesus was, spe was, was speaking with his friends and, and his mom and the brothers came and, and they sent a note in, you know, tell him your mother and your brothers are out there. And Jesus said, who is my mother and my brothers? My mother and my brothers are those who do the will of God. That's what he said. And if I were Mary, we would have had it out, you know. We would have had that thing out right there. But Jesus said some hard things. And we would say, Jesus never had kids nor kittens. How does he know how difficult it is? And yet he said hard things because we are the agents of the gospel working for the kingdom. And what he meant was that the gospel will cost us everything. And when we think that we have given it all, here comes God asking for more. And so he warned us, this is going to cost you everything, even your life. And you could swallow for a moment. Death may not be beautiful, but all of us, we say, I have a right to a dignified death. That's what we say, and that's what we want, and that is what we want for our loved ones. But in my name, and in your name, Jesus forfeited that dignity in your interest, and in my interest, he died. Not in the dignity of privacy, but he died bearing flies surrounding him. And he died with the curses and the mockery. And he died with a rattling dice, making casting lots for his garments. He died with no tender hands of his mother to mop the death dew from his forehead, he died. And with no, no soothing words as his spirit took flight to realms unknown, he died a public shame for you and for I. Is there anyone here today so brutish that we can look upon that death, that sacrifice and walk away indifferent and untouched by what the king of heaven did for you and I. And something dawned on me, it dawned on me that all of us, every single one of us, we are in 
candidacy for sorrow. And even the dearest and the most romantic ties in this congregation, and even on Zoom, we are all under the shadow of death. And that is reality. But for the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of a king who died to establish his reign on earth and to restore a kingdom back to his kids, and to restore his kids back to a kingdom. Jesus said in Revelation 21 verse 5, look, I am making all things new. He had to come the way he did. And because our great savior did all of that, we have hope. We dying men and women, we poor mortals, we have hope. Jesus sacrificed himself, obedient to death, even death on a cross. What have we been obedient to? And how are we as king's kids serving the king in his kingdom? Jesus came and he declared the kingdom of God has come. He came to liberate the world from the grip of the darkest enemies and to set up a new tabernacle, the dwelling place of God. But this time, a tabernacle not made from stones, but from living, breathing human beings with Jesus, the ultimate human, son of man, suffering and dying, and then exalted to the right hand of his father, a cruciform theocracy. A king of the earth from a cross. God's reign was by a cross. And that is why they rightly inscribed above his head, king of the Jews, because he was. And sometimes we tend to split the gospel of the kingdom. And so we think of kingdom and we say, Jesus was doing all these nice things. He was feeding the poor. He was doing miracles. He was fighting for justice. Um, he was liberating those who were oppressed. And as a church, we say, let's go out and do that. And we are correct to do so. It is the right thing to do. And on the other hand, we look at the cross. And we say Jesus came to die for our sins so we can go to heaven. And it is true. But we never take the time to look at the in-between, the heart of the gospel. That the cross wins the victory of the kingdom and evil has been overthrown. And now the king rules and reigns. I know we like to think so much of our say, Jesus came to die for me. Jesus came to, to reign in the reign of God on the earth that God can take power from the wicked ones. And by extension, you and I are saved by his sacrificial work. 
and having done all that was needed to establish God's reign on earth victoriously over death, the Bible tells us that God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him a name above all names. In that Jesus had to endure the loneliness. He had to endure the shame. He had to endure the cursing. He had to endure the insult. He had to endure the beating. He had to endure the pain. He had to endure the betrayal. He had to endure the denial. But he kept God uppermost and foremost in his mind. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, obedient to the will of God, and to see God glorified in all the earth. He died, and God became king on the earth, and that is why we can say and sing, thank God for the gospel of the kingdom. Thank God for Jesus, who has always been our friend. Thank God for Jesus who has guided our feet. Jesus who has protected us. Jesus who has always been there for us, wonderful and full of wonder. He has been our brother. He has been a bridge over troubled water. He has been our hope, our strength, our life, our peace, the King, wonderful and full of wonder. I love to talk about him and I love to preach about him. A king born contrary to the laws of birth and yet he died triumphant over the laws of death. A king born in poverty and yet wise men brought riches and laid them at his feet. A king who was cradled in another crib. He sailed on another's boat. He rode on another's animal. He ate at another's table. He laid in another's tomb. Yet all the riches of the earth belong to him. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. It all belonged to him. And yet while living here, he was always using something belonging to somebody else. He humbled himself wonderful, full of wonder. Satan could not defeat him and death could not destroy him and the grave could not hold him. And I'm talking about the king of glory. Jesus, wonderful and full of wonder. This is the gospel that we honor and speak about and sing about. The gospel of the kingdom of God. The story of how God became king on the earth as much as he was king in heaven, and he did it. So Jesus' love, his death, and his resurrection. A king wonderful and full of wonder. And when we understand that, then we can equip ourselves to go into all the earth and to announce to a surprised and unready world that God is its king. Wonderful and full of wonder. Jesus, an anthem in one word. Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus. That is why we sing, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. Crown him, Lord of all because he is and every time we humble ourselves and every time we sacrifice of ourselves we let the world know that jesus christ is king and revelation 19 verse 1 declares hallelujah salvation and glory honor and power all belong to god for the lord our god is mighty Yes, the Lord is omnipotent. The Lord our God is king. Wonderful and full of wonder. All praises be to the king of kings. He is wonderful. Hallelujah. 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 He is wonderful and full of wonder. The king of glory. God has become king in all of the earth. That is the kingdom of heaven. And we are not saved simply to be with God forever. We are purchased by his own blood to make us a royal priesthood so that we may reign on the earth and sum up the praises of him before creation. Him who is God, our wonderful king, full of wonder. Glory be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we declare that you are king. You are wonderful and full of wonder. And God, we declare it, we proclaim it, we bow before your name. And Jesus, like the word says, at your name, we bow our knees, we bow our heads, and we declare that you are Lord to the glory of the Father. Father, help us to see you as King, to honor you as King, to praise you as King, to lift up your name as a King who is wonderful and full of wonder. Thank you for your great sacrifice, Jesus. Thank you for the example that you have set. And may we go forth from today on knowing that we are kingdom people, that we are cross people, that we are kids of the King, the Most High God, and that we do have work to do in the earth. Help us to proclaim your Lordship, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people says, Amen.